I'm Matt Dixon, and welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. The mission of Purple Patch is to empower and educate every human being to reach their athletic potential. Through the lens of athletic potential, you reach your human potential. The purpose of this podcast is to help time-starved people everywhere integrate sport into life. And welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. As ever, your host, Matt Dixon. And let's begin with this. Did you know that winning can be a highly frustrating experience for a champion? No, really, it can. And you might ask, how? Why? And the answer to that is that is it embedded in the emotional driver of where performance comes from and how a champion ends up reflecting on his or her performance. Today, we are going to tackle the intersection of internal standards of performance against outcomes such as results. Should we seek victory or should we chase personal performance and improvement? The answer isn't quite as simple as you might imagine, but I'm going to provide my thoughts mostly via a few stories. So the good news is you won't be bored sitting through a university lecture. But as we dive in, Let's stay on topic and let's launch into a squatty update. Across the Purple Patch Squad program, as well as many one-to-one athletes, we have a few repeating workouts throughout the year. And we call these workouts artery workouts. Now, the mission of these sessions is to string together throughout the year, get it, artery running through the pipeline of the program, but string together workouts that progress over the course of a phase of training, as well as evolve by phase of training. So most of our athletes at the moment are in what we call the build phase. So they're patiently building a little bit of resilience, fitness, technical development, and the overall platform to transition to more race-specific training sessions. And this means that at the moment, our artery sessions are aligned with the main purpose of the build phase. So today I want to use an example. I'm going to talk about the swim today, just as a little example to give you an insight. For our triathletes, the build phase means a very heavy swim focus. We love athletes to be swim fit, not just because they can improve their swim performance, but more importantly, it's a wonderfully safe way to build cardiovascular conditioning And swim performance translates into really good riding and running performance. In fact, as a triathlete, your run performance is going to be somewhat correlated to how fit you are in the swim. You need that resilience. But in the build phase, as we're emphasizing the swim, every three weeks we hit the artery. And the mission of the artery workout in this phase is not a test. It isn't just an evolution of you as an athlete or a test of your race readiness. So why the heck do we do it? Well, it's educational and over the course of the phase and then ultimately the season, we should be able to start to paint a picture of you developing as an athlete. So let's break it down. What we do in the artery swim is 20 swims and we begin as we did just a few weeks ago, with the distance of 75 yards, or metres if you're swimming in a metres pool, of course. So 20 times 75. Very quickly, we're going to be moving through to repeating 20 times 100. Therefore, the absolutely ingenious name of this session is the 20s. And you get, after every single swim, 20 seconds rest. 
The goal of these 20 intervals is to progress your effort by five swims. So we do five times 75, progressing in the coming weeks to five times 100, but five times 75 at a steady effort. The next five swims at a moderately strong effort. The next five swims at a very strong effort. And finally, we finish at your last five swims being your best sustained effort. So what can we get from this? Well, beyond seeing the overall pace at each level progressing as fitness improves, we should be able to learn more. And this includes, number one, a sense of pacing. So many swimmers execute the first time this session with a successful ramping effort, but absolutely no ability to speed up with their effort. And obviously that's not the outcome that we want. We also have an assessment of the athlete's ability to change gears. Too many swimmers, especially the newer swimmers or less abled, have a very narrow range of speed change. And so this is a session that starts to develop the educational concept of shifting gears. And as you produce more force, you should be able to produce acceleration going faster. And so we want to have a broader range of speeds. And this very little simple set is a nice barometer. And finally, as we begin to progress through the weeks, we're going to be able to increase the number of repetitions that we do at that best effort. And that's going to provide insight into your best sustained pace. Of course, that best sustained pace should transfer to a pretty good representation of race pace. But that's all before then. We shift the 20s and we move into a bit more of an open water race specific because just having a fast sustained pace over a set of 100s isn't going to necessarily translate to great triathlon swim performance. So therefore, as we look into the future, we will shift to race specific training. And yes, we'll look to maintain pace, but we'll be doing it with integrated sighting and other open water skills. And so it provides a benchmark right now and then as we progress through the artery sessions for upcoming lessons that are open up ahead. Of course, we have a similar theme for this on the bike progression, on the run progression. Simply put, repeatable and familiar sessions that paint a picture and provide a longitudinal story. And it's a story that can be utilized for both the coach and the athletes. And the nice thing is they don't carry that horrendous pass-fail aspect of best effort field tests. Of course, there is one more benefit to us as an organization. And that's the fact that by deploying it across broad populations, an entire athlete group coming from world-class professionals to newbies, from time-rich to time-starved, we can see the patterns and draw the lessons from the many. And in a way, we've gone all epidemiological on you. A chance to recycle the lessons into the future and ever evolve the implementation of our methodology. And so this is the method that we tend to use to check off long-term progress and start to review patterns across populations. But it's also tremendous fun on top of it to all as a group of athletes, no matter whether you're world-class, no matter whether you're new, to get around the water cooler following each of these and start to share the lessons and, of course, the horror stories that are associated. 
And so we've just finished this week our first community discussion for 2020. It's led by the Purple Patch coaches. And of the first round, of course, we dive into let's discuss the Ardery Swim. And the sparks of insight were enough to catch every athlete's imagination on fire. So why the hell, why the hell do I tell you this? Well, two reasons. First, if you're a coach or a self-coached athlete, feel free to draw on this. Make it your own. Think about your own sessions and utilize it for yourself or for your athletes. And don't be afraid. And here's the key thing, especially coaches. Don't be afraid of a little repetition. Of course, I'd like to see progression in there, but with repetition becomes a word that's much kinder, familiarity. And familiarity allows execution and as well lessons to come out. So we revisit these sessions, not every week, that would be bone idle. We revisit about every three weeks. And by the time you've gone through simply about the same session three to four times, we evolve the focus and there's enough lessons to draw from it. The second reason that I tell you this is shameless because we want to build it for you, just you. But we want you to join Purple Patch. And this is the most direct and overt call to action I could give. Go and have a look. Go to purplepatchfitness.com, review both the squad and one-to-one coaching offerings. Very different programs, all dependent on your needs and personality, but both have tremendous proven outcomes in our topic of the day, personal development and excellence. Oh yes, and the outcomes from this are, I have to say, pretty hard to bypass. 350 Ironman and Ironman 70.3 wins and podiums for our pros. More than 250 Kona qualifiers. But more importantly than that, to be honest, from our standpoint, a dump truck worth of first-time finishes and goals accomplished. But all with the backbone of fitness enthusiasts and athletes finding their purple patch, their recipe for sporting accomplishments within the context of better health, energy, your work performance, and most importantly, being the best version of yourself. And so we'd appreciate your consideration. Head to purplepatchfitness.com and feel free to reach out if you need to chat. Now, in fact, you can even be, and this is very special, you can even be a Purple Patch Palantine this month. Yes, it's Valentine's Day this month, and so we're doing Purple Patch Palantine's Day. Hang on, time out here. I'm reading through these bullets, and a thought just struck me. This is seriously something that Jesse Thomas would come up with. Palantine's Day. Oh, my skin crawls. But folks, there it is. It must be an inspiration from Jesse. I'm sure that Kelly's had a chat with him and he said, you know, you should go with Palantine's Day. Do you get it? I get it, Jesse. Thank you. Anyway, folks, let me carry on. Register for squad or one-to-one coaching in February and you will receive a purple patch Pfizer, a very special purple patch Pfizer. Refer a friend and you'll both receive the swag so that you look absolutely gorgeous training together. And hey, if you're already training with your partner, we get it. Why don't you just send us a picture and let us know. Tag us at Instagram, 
We're at Purple Patch Fitness and you can do hashtag Purple Patch Palantine. That's Purple Patch, then P-A-L-E-N-T-I-N-E. To redeem, once you register, we'll send you a promo code for a free visor and then we'll ship it off to you. Now, we are going to dance. But I mentioned Instagram, so I'm going off script here a little bit because before we dance, I've got to have a little complaint to you. And I want you to close your eyes as I do this and I want you to think of me like a headmaster or you Yankee poodles, a principal. Now, this headmaster has a black gown, a mortarboard, a small cane. Ah, oh. oh. If only corporal punishment was still allowed. Now, it's time for me to tell you all off. And it seems for me to step back into the corridors of my own childhood memories. But the subject, just because I bought up Instagram, is just that. I happened to notice them all this morning something disgraceful. Purple Patch Fitness, 9,950 followers. We've had 5 million darn listens on this show and you lot, collectively, can only muster a sub 10,000 follow. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed for myself and mostly I'm embarrassed for you. Come on team. I know that I've got a face for radio, but I want your help pushing us over the line to 10,000. So let's crack on and break the glass ceiling. I'm going to report in next week. At Purple Patch Fitness is the tag. My ugly mug won't burn your eyes too, too much. Tell your friends and stop keeping us secret. Anyway, back on script. I'm sorry. Where were we? Oh, yes. It's time to dance. Fun part of the show. Okay. Hit it, Barry. Give me a good one. Come on. Crack on, my son. Thank you. We like the way he thinks. Serious with a wig. Let's open the book. It's time to take a peek. It's the Dictionary Word of the Week. And the Word of the Week this week, guys, is tissue health. Whew. Not a very inspiring phrase or set of words, is it? Tissue health. But this week, what I'd like to do is roll in several recent questions that we had right around this subject and bundle it into a simple word of the week. So let's talk about this. I think most of us understand that for performance evolution, the central word is consistency. Outside of laziness and logistics, it seems to me that remaining healthy is the critical piece of the puzzle to enable consistency. This means that we must be physically capable of maintaining our training load. And there's all sorts of habits as well as smart training design that go into this. But there are also many companies and contraptions that are built all around muscle and tissue health. All of the tools exist, but so many of us appreciate how to utilize them for success. So for today, Let's discuss one of the most common, at least the one that is most commonly used, the foam roller. I'm sure many of you know this medieval torture device that can make you squeal and screech with pain. It's just an innocuous little roller of foam, and yet 
it can deliver oh so much pain. And athletes love them. They're obsessed with them. They use them daily. With many athletes making sore muscles convert to injuries and hot spots go to no-go areas. What? Athletes are making things worse? Yes. Many athletes end up doing more damage with these tools than actually good. And so here are some tips on tools such as the foam roller. Firstly, these tools are not designed as cures. They are simply preventative. And so if you do have an overly tight hamstring or a hot spot, you shouldn't try and beat it up and get it back to normal. This is a preventative tool. And so to use this tool effectively, you should try and use it frequently, four or five times weekly at most, but you should always do it over the entire body without a massive emphasis on a single area. We don't throw the Spanish Armada at every sore or tight IT band. It is simply a sweep of muscle tension. And so what does this mean? Well, what it means is that if you've got a tight spot, don't attack it with heavy emphasis. This ain't shock and awe. You might have tight spot symptoms, but it's important to realize that the chances are that the origins of these symptoms isn't actually at the place that you experience them. And so any abuse of the tight spot or the hot spot is only likely going to aggravate, bruise or tighten more. You could even cause an injury. And so with the foam roller, use it, but don't treat it like a cure for ailments. That is down to the hands of a seasoned professional. Don't just hit yourself in the mouth with a hammer when you've got a toothache and equally don't abuse your poor muscles when they're tight. They will simply regress to the mean with rest, fuel and maybe even a nice hot bath. Doesn't that sound appealing? And that is why the word of the week isn't foam roller, but tissue health. Okay. Now, let's do it. Mildred, it is time for the meat and potatoes. Yes, the meat and potatoes. A little chance for me to tell some stories. I'm going to tell some stories about a couple of the Purple Patch Pros as well as certainly an athlete that doesn't claim to be a Purple Patch Pro. Let's begin with Chelsea Sodaro. Last year, Purple Patch Pro Chelsea Sodaro arrived at a half Ironman distance race, yes, an Ironman 70.3 as it's officially called, and was excited to toe the line. She wanted to test herself against the strong competition of the day. Training had gone well. We had put in a lot of work on the swim and bike. And the few aspects that we'd really worked on going in, in fact, we had four, were thus. Number one, really being able to work on takeout speed while staying really calm in the initial part of the swim. Not panicking, not rushing, but getting, as I call, easy speed, being able to get out very fast at a relatively low cost. The second component was also in the swim, really being able to retain focus and positional awareness in the middle of the swim, including at those buoy turns. 
The third, we've done a lot of work on both bike TT effort or time trial effort and been able to specifically amplify effort for three to five minutes, settling back into a race pace. The reason for this is so that we could develop options that she could get away from her competitors on the bike. Chelsea's a great runner, but I wanted her to develop into having another weapon, a wonderful bike performance. And finally, just simply put, we wanted your overall sustainable pace on the bike to improve. And so four things that we could go and put into practice of what we'd been working on for the last six or eight weeks, plus in training. Well, following a swim, she came out of the water 45 seconds behind the leaders. She rode up to the front group, but then spent the rest of the ride yo-yoing between and around the few leaders in that pack. She finished the ride with three other riders still. But after that bike ride, she quickly established herself with a very good lead. After all, with her running prowess in the back pocket, Chelsea got to flow through the next 21 kilometers and won the race by more than two minutes. Another win in an absolutely wonderful breakout season for her. And a win from the outside that was a great cause of celebration. But as soon as we spoke to each other post-race, both athlete and coach had exactly the same feeling. Yes, nice to get a win, but immense frustration. You see, Chelsea knew, she realised that she had not executed on the things that were under her control in the way that we were looked for. The coach wasn't happy and the athlete understood why. A win with an immense sense of missed opportunity. The reason for this is that she'd rushed the takeout section of the swim and the result was she'd missed the front pack. She was distracted and rushed, she snatched and she panicked. And then on the bike, she got pulled into all of the other riders' rhythms. So she didn't execute the personal performance on the bike that she was capable of. She also ultimately didn't quite have, and I don't know the word, but let's call it courage, the courage to transfer training into racing and execute a much higher effort into a steady state to try and break free. This led to a little bit of a jumbled bike performance that was really driven by other people's race plans over her own riding rhythm. And so, yes, the race resulted in a win. We cannot complain. But the race didn't facilitate growth and personal athlete improvement. Chelsea, frankly, won despite herself, not because of her meeting training potential or the racing performance. Now, before you go on, you think that I'm being overly critical. All of this is normal and okay. In fact, in the growth of an athlete, you could argue this is essential. This is a highlighted part of sporting development and the journey for Chelsea to ultimately become the triathlete she wants to be. She's very young in this sport and is on a very steep curve of learning. So let's compare this performance to her result at the Ironman 70.3 World Championships. This race was set in Nice, France. So a sea swim, followed by an incredibly tough bike course with a very long climb, followed by a fast and technical descent. 
and it was all topped off with a lovely 21km run right along the promenade. You guessed it, flat and fast. Now, when we break down her performance, Chelsea had a decent swim, but she did miss the front pack of athletes. There was a turn buoy and an acceleration and it snapped the elastic. She lost contact. Yes, you know, that thing we've been working on, it just wasn't quite ready for prime performance. And this simple loss of connection to the pack played out in a massive impact in the overall race. Whether we call it a mistake or simply the inability to stay with the faster swimmers, which is more likely what it was, the result was a 45-second deficit post-swim. Now, the start of this bike course was very flat, 10 kilometers, and there really wasn't any ability for the front riders to stay apart from each other. It was yo-yoing and staying together, so it became a vacuum of riding, and that group traveled very, very fast, much faster than any individual solo rider could probably ride at. And so, another minute lost to the group in that very first 10K. The same occurred right up the start of the climb. Very fast riding as a group. At this point, now over two minutes down, many athletes would panic. But Chelsea stayed on plan. She focused on her performance. She climbed as strong as she possibly could, leaning into all of the tools and skills that we worked on the whole of the year, and of course the improved sustained power that we'd achieved through training hard. And when she crested, she was a few minutes back from that very strong group of leaders. Now, Chelsea faced a 20-kilometer descent with highly technical aspects. If we go all the way back to the start of 2019, Chelsea was a very poor descender. And so in a race like this, she would lose minutes and minutes and minutes over 20 kilometers descending against some of the best athletes in the world. In Nice, she was one of the fastest riders down the hill. No panic, staying in herself, performing to her best ability. And over the 20 kilometers, she managed to draw herself back into race contention. She went on to run one of the fastest of the day and she finished fourth in the world at the first try. Not a bad collection, really. The difference between this performance and the race that she won was that an appreciation that following the struggle in the swim, she stayed focused on her own performance and she absolutely executed all in her control to meet her potential. What that meant was that while theoretically, potentially, she could have finished even further up the podium. It became an immensely satisfying results. There were clear areas to grow and improve on. We know that we need to bridge the swim. But outside of that swim, the bike and run, she absolutely matched potential with performance. So why do I tell you this story? Let me provide you with the headline news. And that's that our barometer of success for any level of athlete, is less focused on the end result and more in the execution of performance relative to the current performance potential. So we judge ourselves on how we execute the things that we can control. We love to win, but we equally 
don't run away from losses if we do all that we can in our control to meet that personal optimal performance. So let me put cement this message further. I want to go to our second story, another Purple Patch Pro, Sam Appleton. Over the last three years, Sam has finished fourth, then fifth, then eighth at the Ironman 70.3 World Championship. Goodness me, doesn't that reek of regression? Now, how would you feel if I told you, by far and away, Sam's best personal performance was in this last year's 70.3 World Championships, where he got eighth? Four, three years ago, eighth last year. You might have heard me talking about horses for courses. It's a simple English horse racing term aligned from different horses associated with terrain and conditions that may best or worst suit them. Well, in this vein, as soon as we reviewed the course in Nice, when it first came out, we realised that very little of the layout aligned with Sam's natural strengths. There was little about a 20-kilometre climb that would put him on par with the very best athletes in the world. Add to the natural challenges of the course relative to Sam's characteristics and strengths, to the fact that the field assembled was one of the very strongest ever, and goodness me, it looked like a mighty challenge. Now, an option was to groan about it and belittle the course, or we could do, as you might imagine, everything that we could do to prepare for for best performance. Very specific sessions on long climbs, practicing and refining descending skills, increasing top-end swim speed to ensure that he was at the front of the pack emerging from the Mediterranean. The focus on the personal performance allowed Sam to stay engaged and committed even as the stronger riders left him as the climb really struck up in its personality. He simply focused on his capacity and stayed in the game running putting a balanced and great personal performance. Slowly, 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 he ran through the field and finished a really credible eighth in the world. Now, we're not here jumping up and down and screaming heroics. Were we truly happy that he got eighth in the world? No. But coming out of it, we were, as a team, immensely proud of the performance, knowing that Sam could truly hold his head up high and be proud of doing everything that he could do in his control to secure his best performance. What more can we do? There's really not much. Now, I should preface this. Of course, as we now look forward, there are bigger mountains to climb in order to get back and above to where he's ever finished. Sam, as an athlete, has to grow. He must improve, and there is a ton to work on. We can't get complacent and we certainly aren't going to be satisfied with eighth place. But in that context, it is critical for coach and athlete to have a dose of reality and seek personal performance. We didn't go to Nice trying to get top 10. We went there trying to win the race. But as doing everything that we could, it simply wasn't good enough. But that's okay because the performance personally was great. The story provides context into our barometer and mindset. So, nice stories. But let's come up a level. Let's get practical 
across global mindset and education. How should you judge yourself in your sport and performance evolution? Well, the vast majority of your barometer should judge you around how the story suggests your own individual performance, not, as many would suggest, simply about results or placing. And this goes well beyond what you might say to your kids venturing into sport. Did you have fun? Did you try your best? Those are great questions to a child who is yet to really navigate massive adversity, failure, or having the ability to develop the perspective of commitment, execution, and follow through. Your questions here are guiding the mindset of your child to help them develop perspective. And while many adult athletes need to sometimes be treated like children, the internal barometer of performance is not wishy-washy or soft. In fact, asking if you did your best relative to the things you control can set a very harsh light. Let's explore. You set goals. You commit to the process to go about achieving them, including training, supporting habits, coaching, whatever it might be, and then you chart your journey towards them. And you may or may not make them. After all, it's a goal. Therefore, it should be and likely is a stretch and a challenge, maybe even a little scary. But let's imagine that your goal was to break 25 minutes and a five kilometer race. And you've never been under 28 minutes. That is, for you, a big PR. It's a lofty goal. And so you shift your training, you adopt great habits, and you train your behind off. And all of the things are in your control. And you run your race, and you go 25 minutes and 12 seconds. In that race, you executed as well as you possibly could. You did everything on your day that you could to get the best result possible, including navigating that nasty little headwind for the final mile. And you finish absolutely spent. You missed your goal. Guess what? That is sport. But you improved your best time by almost three minutes. You committed to a real process and journey of improvement and you executed everything in your power on the day. And it was what the body had, maybe influenced by external factor that perhaps slowed you in the final mile. But was it a failure? Hardly. Now, you have the right to have a tinge of regret on missing the target. Loss or a little bit of failure is never nice. But the judgment should actually equally deliver immense pride, satisfaction and happiness at your personal commitment and your improvement yield. So when you miss a goal, this lens is really helpful. But for those who are truly successful time and time again, the lens is shifted in the other direction also. Let's now imagine that your goal, yeah, not you, we've already talked about you and your 25-minute 5K, you over there, yes, you. Imagine that your goal is to qualify for the Hawaii Ironman, a feat that is judged by placing in a regional race, so it isn't about times. You shift your training, you adopt great habits, you train your behind off, everything that our friend in the 5K did. 
of course, on a grand Ironman type focus. Where you enter your Ironman, you have a good framework of what you think it will take to qualify and what you can do. You have an appreciation of what a terrific performance for you would be. Well, race day comes and you have lady luck on your side. You swim okay, but then your bike is a little underwhelming, probably 10 minutes slower than you anticipate. And in addition, you fail to follow your fueling plan that's all sketched out really well. And you get off the bike and you're a little empty on the run. But the good news is you're tough and you battle. But goodness me, your run is ugly. With a healthy dose of will and sacrifice, you finish the race. Respectable, but some way off your dream race. And finishing the event, you assume that you've missed the goal. But you can't believe it. Several competitors accidentally rode off the course. A disqualification. Another had a flat. A couple more just had rough days. And lightning strikes, you get the final spot. Now, I can hear you now. Terrific! I'd take the spot any day. My goal is to make the Hawaii Man. I'm happy as a lamb. Yes, and you should be. And you should celebrate and rejoice. You should head to the World Championships with a smile and a pursuit of celebration. But you should also be honest. Because if Purple Patch was coaching you, we would cheer with you. But we'd also ground you. Because in your race, there were five or six points that were, honestly, if we reflect, poorly executed. And your personal performance didn't align with potential. Mostly down to things that were in your control. And so that means that you're not rubbish or a failure, but you finish that race with a massive opportunity, an opportunity to learn and grow. And the truth is that in order to continue to not just improve, but enjoy the process and draw satisfaction, we must seek those opportunities. In this situation, you didn't execute. There were many areas to improve. And so I encourage you, don't let a growth opportunity bypass you. But this takes incredible honesty. It takes self-reflection and it requires a grounding of an appreciation of why you are doing the thing you're doing. Now, the irony of these two stories, our 25-minute 5K and the qualification to the Hawaii Man, is that the less abled athlete just missed achieving a pretty humble goal globally. The second one qualified for a world championships, but I promise you that the first example of the athlete's experience was much more meaningful and likely produced much greater internal pride. Now, that might not always be expressed eternally and certainly not promoted on coaches' websites or social media, but it is seriously meaningful. And that is the internal barometer compass of performance. Focus on the journey, aim for your best personal performance, deploy consideration of race dynamics and tactics only once the personal approach is dialed in, and then celebrate you executing your plan. And be your own harshest critic if you fail to follow through, not to punish, but to grow. Because failure isn't missing out on a goal, Failure isn't losing. Failure is not doing the things that are in your control to deliver your best personal performance. And from failure 
we grow if if we learn and adapt oh as i finish the show if you think about what we've discussed here's a nice little tidbit from just this week and it's not from a purple patch pro it's from chris kester who ran the hot chocolate 15k and she had a 1 minute pr and she won her age group not bad in the 55 to 59 age group now she's a one to one coached athlete she's led by great purple patch coach brad hunter but her focus this year is to control the controllables think about the things that will enable chris to improve and lean into personal performance and that experience starts with wonderful validation not the win but growth and improvement and great execution more to come from you but well done from me to you chris great to have you on board and with that we get to transition to questions of the week and we've got one question this week and unfortunately i don't have a name or location only an email and i'm certainly not going to spell that out for the person's privacy so whoever you are thank you for sending it in but it's a great question so i wanted to address here it is you often ask folks how they approach their training session working out life issues daydreaming or focusing on the task as a busy athlete i'm usually processing life and work but i'd be interested in learning how better to focus on the task do you have any suggestions well thank you it's a great question and here we go let me start with this this is a really useful skill to develop and it is less about just being focusing on your workout session to get the yield yes of course that's key but this skill is a direct correlation to executive function and intentional focus and it's born out of a realization that we as animals as humans cannot multitask we can bounce focus but we cannot focus on multiple things at the same time and we also understand that bouncing focus is not ideal nor effective and an executive no hang on not an executive all effective people become really good at immersing themselves in a topic at hand thinking clearly and in a focused manner so that they can achieve best results effectiveness and results from that topic and then they transfer not bounce and place their focus in a different area switching off what they were just thinking about now we must do this this same thing in many not all but many of our training sessions if you've got a really easy session or you're going out with a buddy and it's very social and then the purpose can be about more than the execution of the session the actual training session might be there to fill your soul to connect with another human being to explore the countryside you don't need intentional focus in that but in the key sessions or those with a really specific structure or focus optimal results only come by being present in other words focused and so it begins with a commitment you have to shelve the outside world and you have to understand the purpose and the goal of the session if you don't understand what am i trying to get out of this session it's almost impossible for you to remain present 
And so you don't want to be a robot following a script. Instead, you have to first come up to 3000 feet, look at the session and say, where does this fit in the fabric of the week and what's the purpose? And by understanding that, why we really like athlete empowerment, you've got a much better shot of remaining present. Then you can be engaged to hit the mission and that will facilitate complete focus. The result will be best performance, but it will also create space for you and it will be a dishwasher of cleansing the mind because it's a different focus than work and it is the most effective processing of the day. And when you return and you get back to work, you will have more clarity, better focus on tasks and that wonderful sense of control. And so, like our topic of today in many ways, you cannot control work when you're in the middle of hill repetitions. And so give the body and mind space and then focus with intention just when it is that time. I hope it helps. For you guys, questions, if you have them, we love them. And it's very easy to ask. Just head to purplepatchfitness.com forward slash podcast and there's a nice little form to fill out. And with that, another week i hope you enjoyed take care and of course see you next time coming up soon two episodes with the kelly mcmaster it's going to be fun take care thanks so much for listening this has been the purple patch podcast if you like what you hear would really appreciate it if you share with your friends and even go the extra mile and head over to apple podcast to subscribe rate and review the show The Apple Podcast link is in the show notes. Your support and positive reviews go a huge way in increasing our visibility and also the exposure to time-starved people everywhere who want to integrate sport into life and ultimately thrive. Don't forget, you can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Cheers!